0: The Oatmans were Mormons, who had joined a wagon train headed to the mouth of the Colorado River to settle in the land of Bashan, which they believed would be a Mormon paradise. They were Brewsterites, a splinter sect started in 1837 after 11 year old James Colin Brewster claimed to have had divine revelations that Mormon founder Joseph Smith deemed phony. With the help of his father, Brewster published his translation of the writings of Esdras a figure he alleged was an ancient Hebrew prophet who had predicted the world's end in 1878, as well as the reorganization of the church under the boy Revelator himself. Smith was unimpressed by the vision and irked by the boy's challenge to his authority. Mormon doctrine stipulated that only Smith could channel God, and Brewster's strong objection to polygamy didn't endear him to Smith, who had dozens of wives The Church condemned Brewster in its newspaper, Times and Seasons, declaring in 1842, We have lately seen a pamphlet written and published by James C. Brewster, purporting it to be one of the lost books of Estrus, and to be written by the gift and power of God. We consider it to be perfect humbug. Brewster subsequently claimed to have found a passage in Estrus designating the mouth of the Colorado River, fertile, wooded, and temperate, As he mistakenly believed it was, a promised land for Brewsterites. Unlike Brigham Young, who succeeded Smith in 1844 and led the Mormons to the Great Basin in 1847, specifically because its extreme climate would repel his enemies, Brewster sought genuine paradise. In the January 1849 issue of his monthly newspaper, The Olive Branch, or Herald of Peace and Truth to All Saints, he announced plans for his road trip to shangri But Brewster was clearly as misinformed about Southwest Indians as he was about the desert geography of Bashan. He quoted, for his followers, a passage from an 1846 travelogue called Scenes in the Colorado Mountains and in Oregon, California, New Mexico, Texas and the Grand Prairies, written by Rufus B. Sage, a man who had never ventured south of Taos, New Mexico. The bottoms of the Colorado and the Gila, with their tributaries, are broad, rich, and well timbered. Everything in the shape of vegetation attains a lusty size, amply evincing the exuberant fecundity of the soil producing it. There are many sweet spots in the vicinity of both these streams, well deserving the name of earthly Eden. Man here might fare sumptuously, with one continual feast spread before him. The natives, for the most part, may be considered friendly, or at least not dangerous. The 1830 Book of Mormon painted a more menacing picture of Indians. It posited two warring tribes that emigrated to North America from Israel around 600 B.C. The humble Nephites, white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, and the Lamanites, dark and loathsome and a filthy people. Full of idleness and all manner of abominations. Godless and bloodthirsty, the Lamanites lived in tents, shaved their heads, wore leather loincloths, and captured women and children. Once white, they'd been cursed with dark skin for their faithlessness. Mormon scripture held that when they were converted, the Lamanites' skin would turn white, and they would be numbered among the Nephites. A revealing parable about the nineteenth-century white man's assimilationist vision of Indians. In the olive branch, Brewster promised that the saints, the Mormon term for followers, who followed him would receive their inheritances in the valleys of the Gila and the Colorado rivers. He envisioned a refuge where none shall be poor, neither shall there be any that are rich. If he had pulled it off, His would have been one of California's first utopian experiments, built on a foundation of collectivism. One convert wrote, We are all brethren, and one is not above the other. Some of the brethren may get more teams than they need, others a greater amount of breadstuffs or dry goods in exchange for their property. In such cases, let all aspire to deeds of charity among their more...